Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast where when it's time for an answer, we yell, oh shit, and throw up a middle finger. It's lost in the mid-card. Here we are. We're here to talk about Fighter Fest, and, and the, the beauty of it all is next week we get a preview Fight for the Fallen, because already Fight for the Fallen is already here. Uh, so we get, we got a lot of AEW to talk about. we got Being the Elite. We've got our first Road to Fight for the Fallen that came out uh, last week as well. So we got a lot of AEW to cover. Uh, big news uh, that came out from the WWE after we recorded last week. We'll cover that in the headlines, uh, discuss on what that means for the future of the WWE, and, uh, you know, of course, supposedly um, this week's Raw and SmackDown may have slight implications of those changes. So we've got that to talk about, lots to talk about. And, uh, of course, we've got headlines, as we always do. An amazing NXT. We've got a main event that we want to talk about as well. Uh, for NXT, so we, let's get right to it. And thank you to SpiderDuck.net for being our host, enabling us to be on iTunes, Spotify, and any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just go and search for Lost in the Midcard. Hit that subscribe button. That way, you know every time a new episode comes your way. Typically every Wednesday, but if you subscribe, you know every time that new episode does come your way. In case we record on some different days, uh, you can also subscribe on the YouTube links to everything there. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash lost in the midcard. You can also go to our Twitter at L I T M C podcast, where we uh, share a lot of the great tweets from the wrestling world. And after uh, the pay-per-views, we post a poll. So we'll, uh, thanks to everybody that voted after fighter fest, uh, we will divulge the, uh, the results of that poll here. Once we get done covering that at the top of the show, I am your host, Jeremy Bennett. You can find me on the Twitter at JB Huskers. As always, my co-host, he is on the Twitter at Raw Showtime. It is Mr. Matt Black. Matt, how you doing? I'm alive. Alive and well. And uh, uh, AEW, uh, just in a nutshell, uh, pretty damn good on Saturday, wasn't it? Thought it was a solid show. I didn't think it was as good as Double or Nothing, but it was a solid show. Probably wasn't supposed to be better than Double or Nothing, so hey. You know. I just think when more eyeballs are on it, you should have put your best foot forward. And I don't think it, I don't think it was as good as Double or Nothing was. Yeah, uh, we're gonna break into that right away. But first, uh, we got to introduce our other co-host. He is on the Twitter at No One Like D, Mr. Daryl Bullock. Daryl, what's up? I'm chilling, man. I'm just happy that wrestling is actually wrestling now. Yeah, yeah. We got we got. Uh, well, I mean, Raw has been good for a month now. SmackDown, not. But it, tonight was. Decent, you guys said it did pretty good. You'd say, right, guys? It was cool. Yeah. I mean, it was cool for what it was. I mean, it didn't suck a high. I wasn't, dis- I wasn't disappointed. Uh, like I'm more mad when wrestling's disappointing. Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Raw has actually been good for four for almost four weeks now. I think counting, uh, but uh, SmackDown was definitely solid tonight. Uh, Extreme Rules, I think, is going to shape up to be pretty damn nice. So. Um, we're already uh, setting up the card for that. Uh, probably a predictable card, but hell, shit, you never know with what with the changes that came through. We'll talk about that at the top of headlines, but first we're going to talk AEW. Fighter Fest, the uh, second All Elite Wrestling show that happened this past Saturday. 
Uh, free show on the BR Live report. You could also, uh, for those overseas and whatnot, uh, got, got it on Fight for, I believe, $10 or something like that. Or, of course, with the VPN, uh, you know, you, you could get it other ways. But uh, a damn good show uh, held in conjunction with the CEO Fighting Game Tournament. Uh, the pre-show, I mean, Jesus, he, I, I, we said it in the, we said it in the, uh, in, in the preview last week, guys, but I mean, j- just how great, uh, how much, how much we were looking forward to this, this, this buy-in match between the best friends, SoCal Uncensored and Private Party, but holy shit, did those guys deliver on that opening match, didn't they? Shouldn't yeah. have been the opening match. Nah, not at all. The, this, this, the, this should have been the final thing you saw on the buy-in before, yeah. before yeah. the show went live. Yeah, they probably should because have, they they, probably they, sh- they they started the buy-in with a great hit and then it went to shit. Yeah, they should have opened it. Yeah, they should have opened it with like the hardcore match or something funny, but I don't know. So they could have just canceled the hardcore match, as far as I'm concerned. I think that was just pure entertainment. And like, I thought it was actually a funny... entertainment for who? I I like I thought a, it was funny. A six-year-old, my was... four, my my six-year-old. Did he love it? Um, he laughed and then he walked away and went to go get on his tablet. <laughs> there's your answer. Hey, I, I, I popped. I, it, it, if it didn't hold the six-year-old's attention, then well, it probably does? wasn't that great. What does, dude? I, when I, I, I tell no, no, I, no, I don't even want to hear that shit. When I was six years old, <laughs> well, WWF had me glued to the fucking television. Yeah, but I, I would walk away from in, that shit for nothing. Six-year-olds in 2019, it takes a Freaking super glue their ass to a seat to get them glued to the television. No, uh, I mean, he came in there to watch it, and he was like, "Oh, okay, daddy, this is cool." And then I next did, thing I know, I, like he walked away. I did pop. I did pop for the uh, the uh, the joystick buttons instead of the thumbtacks. I thought that was kind of funny. It was gimmicky. I mean, what is it uh, supposed to be? You know, it was what you know. I, I mean, but I, I mean, for the guy that came out dressed like. The one white guy that can shoot all jumpers on the basketball court. That's what I expected. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. I, I thought it was. I was entertained with it. Uh, Allie and Leva Bates. I mean, it was okay. It was decent. I mean, they're both good wrestlers. But uh, the the librarian gimmick starting to get over like a fart in church, right? <laughs> I do like how she uses it. Like when she's got Allie in the hole, like an arrest hold, and makes and shushes her. Uh, that stuff's kind of you know. I like that. That's kind of funny, but. Um, the characters, know. the characters still need more time to flesh it out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like so. I said on Twitter, I, I, I love the librarian gimmick. I think it's funny. I think what Peter and 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 Leva are doing right now together is kind of cool. I, li- I like how Peter was kind of the heel manager that kind of screw tried to screw Allie uh, in the match, and but he ended up screwing Leva instead. Um. So I, you know, I, I think in time it's it's going to be it, it, people. So a lot, you know, a lot of people hate it. Well, I'll make them heels, you know. So there you go. They already seem to be heels, anyways. Uh, so Allie uh, defeats Leva Bates ahead of uh, her match with Brandy Rhodes at Fight for the Fallen. That'll be uh, some, uh, some. That'll be a pretty interesting match considering the history those two have. Uh, and of course, uh, Michael Nakazawa defeated Jabali to even up their series at one to one. But of course, the uh, the amazing match that kicked off things, the triple threat, which uh, had implications towards uh, all out in in the tag team title picture, best friends, SoCal Uncensored, and Private Party, 
And uh, my prediction came through. Best friends get the W, so they're they're probably cemented into that tag team championship match. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about being the elite a little later on. But uh, how great was it that uh, the Bucks surprised Private Party with a contract right after the match? Happy. That was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> Happy. Yes. The biggest surprise is that they weren't already under full time deals to begin with. True. I thought I thought they were. And yeah. So 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 did I, which is why the whole thing didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. All right, we have the Ocean Beach Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. Five thousand people, roughly in attendance. Uh, the announced team of Jim Ross, Excalibur, and Golden Boy. And I, hey, I thought Golden Boy worked well with those two, didn't he? Yeah, he did. For not being a wrestling commentator, I mean, he's a professional commentator. He, he's from and the, he's a life he's a lifetime wrestling fan exactly. too. Exactly. I thought he. I, I, I mean, honestly, I would be seeing what he wanted to do this full time. Exactly. I, I put and on, I'd, I, I'd be replacing Marvez. I, I with put Golden on, Boy. I put on. I put on Twitter uh, many t- many times at Golden Boy hashtag Fighter Fest. Uh, I'd like to see this guy in the booth a lot more with these with uh, with uh, Excalibur and Jr. Uh, because Golden Boy did a hell of a job. Uh, I, I first saw him as a, with the eSports. I think probably a, uh, first time I think I'd ever seen him was uh, up, up, down, down, I think, maybe. This is the first time I might have seen him. And then, of course, uh, he's on the, the Titan games as well. Uh, we kick off things with Christopher Daniels from SCU against SEMA. Uh, not a bad choice for opener, huh, guys? Got to start the show off with a bang. Uh, I did not realize Seamus facing Kenny Omega in two weeks, so then that kind of makes sense that, that he went over on CD here. But uh, uh, Jesus Christ, CD's forty nine, and, and and can he just can he can he can he just do this ten more years, guys? Please, wouldn't that be great? I'm just glad he's in the position where he's in right now, where he's head of title relations as yeah. well as you know still putting on great matches i mean you get the best of both worlds because yeah. you know he's going to pretty much bring he's going to bring it on both sides of his job so i'm happy with that yeah and uh, you know i love the story they told with seamus on the back injury uh you know it, it only went about 10 minutes but uh these guys know each other so well they got a lot they got a lot out there in the 10 minutes they had together and uh Seema getting over as of course he will face katie omega which again that's going to be a, a hell of a match that we get to see for free as well uh in uh oh, sheesh you believe it, guys? It's like a week and a half already because time is just flying by. Yeah, it is. Uh, next up was the triple threat match with uh, Nyla Rose, Yuka Sakazaki, and Riho. And uh, I, I, I mean, this went this match went as expected. Nyla Rose obviously destroying the two ladies for most of it. You, you, that was something to expect. Uh, you know, I, I picked Riho just kind of how I thought she came out the star. But you know, I I kind of believed Matt when he picked Nyla Rose. I don't know. If, did you pick Nyla Rose too, D? I, I changed. Did you change? remember? I, I switched up. To did you you took Riho too? No, no, no. I picked Riho first, but then oh. I picked uh, Nyla Rose because it would. I mean, it would only make sense. You know, she's one of their biggest, like, well, biggest women's talent yeah. to, you know you know, actually win and put herself in the title picture. Well, uh, you know, if, if they're, uh, uh, well, I just learned that Riho has just finished her Japanese commitment. She's in the United States full time. Now she's AEW full time. So, uh, uh, some of, uh, uh, you know, you know, they're looking, uh, at, uh, establishing a lot of, uh, some of those Joshi women, uh, you know, 
this was the way to do it. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt like that's they had showcased her in that six-woman tag, so that's why I, I kind of thought maybe she would kind of surprise people and, and get the win here. And sure enough, she sure as shit she did. Um, I think Nyla Rose will have enough. She'll have more than enough time, especially on television, to bulldoze through that women's division and, and eventually get to the top. So I, I'm not too worried about her at all, to be honest. But I, I think the right call was made here. To, to put over one of the Joshi women just to, to kind of continue to introduce these women to the to the fans of AEW? What do you guys think? That makes sense. I mean, um, I'm just happy that we have a women's division where everybody's getting showcased. Yeah. Unlike uh, now where we basically see Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross everywhere. but Pretty much. I'm not complaining about Nikki Cross, so hey. Uh, Kip Sabian joins the commentators for the fatal four-way match between MJF, Jungle Boy, and uh, Hangman Adam Page, and Jimmy Havoc. And uh, a buddy of mine, uh, John Canton, that uh, writes for TGR Wrestling, uh, he, he was not familiar with Jungle Boy and said he, he had not seen much of Jungle Boy, and he, he was thoroughly impressed with his in-ring work. So that's, it's good to see someone that's that's written wrestling for a long time and not familiar with someone like like a Jungle Boy who's a smaller guy, really impressed someone in the ring with, you know, some bigger guys like, you know, Hangman Page obviously is like the biggest star you got in AEW. Uh, so so it, was pretty, it was pretty cool to see uh, to see Jungle Boy shine in this four-way match. What did you guys see uh, out of these four? Uh, MJF's promo? <laughs> oh, my God. Your mama swallows. Like, like literally, I spit out. I spit out my damn whiskey. Like I was crying and laughing when he said, when he said, pretty much he used to play video games, and he stopped playing when he lost his virginity. I was on the floor crying. Or when he said, pretty much when he made the mention of my six hundred pound life, I was done. Uh, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Um. MJF is is it hard? It's hard to believe that dude's twenty three. He's having fun, man. Like he's living the dream. I wish at twenty three years old I was living the dream like that. Uh, and I, I I love that that basically Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are attached at the hip. It's I think it's perfect. I think it, it works for the the wrestling fans because they they put off some they do some great tag team moves and stuff. But it, I mean the kids are going to eat those two up. Sure Absolutely not attached to the shoulder and ass. Oh, <laughs> you got me there. There it is. You got me there. Uh, I'm just saying. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but uh, what I liked the best about this match was the fact that at the end of it, MJF and Paige stood tall, staring each other down still, so it continues that. And uh, I don't know. Do you think we get that at, at, at Fight for the Fallen? Uh, absolutely. No, actually, no. Paige, no, Paige uh, is facing Sabian. Yeah, oh, yes, I was about to say. Right. Yeah, they already set the they already set the um the card for that. Maybe uh, first week of TV, main event. Maybe for the maybe, I, maybe for the title. As as I've already stated, I I believe that um MJF and Adam Page can be their can be their main event few going forward on television. It's really not something I would particularly rush into. Yeah. 
no surprise uh, Paige hitting the dead eye on Jimmy Havoc. No surprise with Paige getting the win there, considering he's going to be facing Jericho at All Out. Uh, good match there with those four. Love the stare down afterwards. Next match. Oh, boy. Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes. I told you this one might steal the show. And I, I told you they're going to beat the shit out of each other. Darby bringing a body bag with him. And uh, Allen, Allen's body bag says a one and one because that's what Cody's record will be when he loses. And uh, they, uh, as uh, Allen's making his way to the ring, Excalibur tells the story of uh, Darby Allen that we saw in uh, Road to Fight for the Fallen. Cody comes out with Brandy. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what. You know, uh, this was a prototypical uh, bigger guy getting the advantage on the littler guy, veteran getting the advantage on the youngster. But once things turned around and once that clock started ticking, man, it got intense, didn't it? Sure did. Uh, you know, we don't get 20 minute, we don't get time limit draws much anymore. And uh, this proved right here they they can still work in 2019, right? I was happy with that. Just brought me back to my NWA, watch the NWA, Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. And like, yeah, I'm happy. They. Dust, I mean, uh, uh, Cody's tapping into his father right now. Yep, exactly. Oh, uh, I was edge of my fucking seat. I mean, how, how about that goddamn backdrop onto the apron by Allen? Holy! Need someone to cough and drop. Yeah. Ooh! Damn son, you're gonna take some years off your career doing that more often. Shit, I would do some shit like that at twenty something years old. Can't do it at thirty six. <laughs> But uh, you know, I, I you know I thought it would steal the show, and and, and uh, to this point, it did. It was just completely amazing. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, maybe overtime. But all of a sudden, Sean Spears comes out and just clocks Cody Rhodes with a steel chair unprotected to the head, which makes us all cringe. And uh, what even made us more cringe was the fact that uh, Cody was busted open the hard way. And uh, later on we learned that uh, the chair was supposed to be a gimmick chair and no blood was supposed to be shed. Uh, I've heard stories that uh, maybe Sean, the the chair was switched. I I don't know. Or they just went wrong. I don't know what's the truth, guys. But uh, I, I haven't heard anything about it at all, like. I just heard it was supposed to be gimmicked, and that was that. I don't know any more behind that. I just honestly think it shouldn't have been a chair, a headshot anyway. You could do so many things. Like, you could do a fake pipe, like a fake pipe to the head or something, you know? Something that's not going to actually bust the man. Something that's not going to cause. Ugh, it was gross. It was like, you could see skin coming up and uh, yeah i'm not a big fan of getting hit in the head like that's not cool no like we, we, i, I, we, I we, get we, where it was going but we've seen yeah. rock we've seen we saw rock mankind a lot of times yeah, yeah i'm just not i'm just not up for that anymore you could have hit him in the gut and smashed him in the back there was no reason to hit him alongside the head no. yeah at just, all it's just, just it's not it's not it. needed in 2019 no 
And I don't think, and I don't think time limit draws on a, something that can be considered a pay per view is needed in 2019 either. Oh, it was free show well, though. Well, so. no, no, I get it because the Darby he, Allen's debut should have come with a win. If you didn't want him to beat Cody, you shouldn't have fought Cody. It should have been against somebody else. Well, it sounds like that was Cody's booking right there because if you think about it, it would hurt Cody to lose. And his then don't then don't book it. Get, I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that, but that's my whole that's whole that's my whole issue with professional wrestling nowadays. Is well, we can't have this one guy lose this match. Okay, then don't book it. Yeah, you know it's just that simple. This isn't this isn't a real sport. Like if you don't want someone to lose, but the other guy needs to get over, here's an idea: have him fucking face someone else. You're right. You know. You can build up to Cody and Darby later on. You can fight on t- TV. I don't care about time limit draws on a television, on a, on a weekly television product. You want to run a time limit draw? Cool. You know, that I, that I don't have an issue with. But when you're doing it on a quote-unquote like pay-per-view event, I got an issue with that. And Darby Allen's um, AEW debut after the, the hype that they put behind him on the road to Fighter Fest – uh, he deserved more than he got. Yeah, absolutely correct. I, he had a great showing, though, in my opinion. I still think the time. No, he had a I, great showing to get the shit, I, the, the shit beat, the, the shit beat out of him. Yeah. I, he definitely, he definitely had that. Hey, I still think a, a time limit draw against a multi-time world champion in your debut match at AEW is not is not bad either. So, well, the only not, thing worse would have been him getting pinned. Yeah. Yeah. Clean. Yeah, which was one second away from happening anyway. So I mean, they basically made it look like Cody beat him anyway. Yeah. I, honestly, I rather I rather would have had it Darby hit his finish on Cody, and the time limit expire when he had Cody down for the two count. Yeah, be because right. at least that way it you get the opinion that Allen Allen got the better of Cody, and he would have won with one more second on the clock. Yeah, uh, the other. So the, instead, we got Cody got the better of Darby and would have won with one more second on the clock, yeah. and I have a problem with that. But at the same time, you can still go around to booking with that, and, and Allen can just it can still say you can't beat me, you know, to start up another to start up yet another match. So I would have just let him be. I would let him beat Cody on like a, a schoolboy or something. Hmm. Yeah. Just anything, honestly. Uh, outside of all the chair shit, um, let's 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 just let's pretend that it was. Uh, let's pretend that chair was gimmicked and there was no blood. Uh, pretty cool way, good way to start a good Cody Sean Spears feud. Do you agree? Yeah, that, well, that's I'm, gonna be I'm a match all will, out. Yeah, ex- exactly what I was gonna say. I'm assuming that's your all out match. Uh, I loved I loved what Spears put on Twitter. Uh, is from uh, I think it's from a road to or one of the road twos. It might have been road to double or nothing, and it's one second clip replaying. Oh, he's like a hand. It. He's a good hand. He's a good hand. He's, he's a good hand. He's a good hand. <laughs> yeah, that was on the uh, that was on the road to fighter. That was on the same episode that the Darby promo was on. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I <laughs> those little things, man. That start something that you gotta. I like it. Uh. Damn, the elite and Lucha Brothers with Loretta Kid. That was just my god. Uh, <laughs> the fact that the, this is my this is my favorite thing. My, my, mine too. Yeah, I think I think this was my this was my match of the night. Uh, the fact that that Matt and Nick came out as Ken and Ryu, 
and Kenny Omega came out as a, as Akuma. Ah, so I good. love I love Akuma. Like that and, it's a, and it's a play. bummer we're never going to get to see what the full wrestling gear for. Yeah, like. no kidding because his gear didn't show up. Uh, and it's so funny, like like his back tattoo for Akuma was like a rubber ink stamp. Every time he hit the mat, you could see the tattoo on the you mat. S- you saw it on a damn uh, on an entrance ramp too. Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> uh, you know that you can't really recap a six man tag match with the Young Bucks because it's just basically impossible. But uh, uh, it was fucking great. We'll just say that. Um. I, I, is this is this Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers feud ever going to end? I'm, I think it's end. I think did. I, I think, think it's dead. No, they have a they have another match uh, for the titles in Mexico. So if you watch Being the Elite, not this past week, but the last week, Matt Jackson was sitting at the airport watching the match to see if he could do anything different. I think it's going to be one more match. Oh, I haven't. Cons- heard, I have not heard that anywhere that there was another match coming. Considering Omega pinned Laredo Kid, I don't know if it's the end of it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm they, saying. Like, I, I all, know, all six men got in, the, got in the ring together, showed respect at the end of the match. Yeah. To me, that's the end of the feud. We'll you move the Lucha Brothers on to somebody else. You move the Young Bucks on to somebody else. There's plenty of tag teams for these guys to work with. I, they don't need to be continue to be stuck on with each other. I agree. Shit. It's been – Give me the Bucks a private party. That's happening at uh, House of Glory. I, on. I, I know. That's up in your neighborhood, ain't it? Up in, up in NYC. I hate New York. I ain't going. How far of a trip is that? About four or five hours. No, it's not that bad. We can get there in two hours if we wanted to go. Dude, I make it to Philly in two hours. We get, Yeah, but we can get from here to Jersey in like 90 minutes. Yeah, South Jersey. Well, still. South Jersey still, is Philly. Still fuck, it's still fucking Jersey. The, uh, the, uh, it's the Bucks' last uh, independent show, so shit. I'm surprised that fans not already sold out. Most tickets aren't on sale yet. How, that venue is small, so yeah, I'm not surprised. It, it's it, probably already sold out. Yeah, or they may not be on sale yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure they probably are. Uh, Omega with the one winged angel on Laredo Kid to get the win after 20 minutes and 50 seconds. Hell of a tag match, probably the match of the night. Oh, but the fight of the night. The fight of the night was definitely John Moxley and Joey Janela. They beat the dog fucking shit out of each other. I think my favorite point of the match was when the crowd started chanting, you sick fuck, and John Moxley just took a bow. <laughs> I think that was my favorite part of the match. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I don't... As Matt, Matt, you you know you had mentioned it was a little tamer than you thought because we know both of these guys and yep. fucking crazy they are. But uh, ow, atomic drop after you took the dude's boots and socks off onto thumbtacks. Ow, <laughs> ow. What what else did you guys like uh, from this this all out war that went about twenty minutes to end the show? Well, it didn't quite end the show. We'll talk about that in a minute. But what did you guys think of this fight between Janela and and Moxley? Psychologically, for me, I've watched John Moxley and CZW with the dev matches, and then for him to to bring it to dumb it down in WWE, yeah, and then you know be sheltered by the Shield and. You know, even he could because it's PG TV. Like 
you couldn't do much. But for him to come back to what he was, like he never lost a step. Granted, he wasn't full, full John Moxley because it could have been enough, some other sick shit he could have done. I was, I was happy because he was being him. And I'm a firm believer in you do what you love, and if you ever do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And I think he had fun. Oh, he enjoyed well, himself. Did, yeah, I mean, you saw the picture of those two after the match sitting there having a drink. They both that'd had be, that, they, that, that'd, that'd be me. They both had fun. I can't tell you how many football games I've played and I sat down and had at least three beers in my hand at one time. I, I love that picture of uh, of Moxley and Janela just sitting there having a drink. Well, Janela's flipping off Moxley, but it's still funny. Uh, Matt, what was your your favorite part of the uh, of the non sanctioned match? Uh, I can't really say I had a favorite part. Yeah. To be to be perfectly honest with you, um, like I said, I was expecting a lot more craziness from this match than what we got. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. Um, I'm sure for the average WWE fan, this is something that probably you know made them lose their shit. Um, yeah. (laughs) But for someone who's seen what. Uh, Janela and Moxley have done on the independence. I I I, legit, I really thought it was tame. Uh, probably the best the best spot was the was the final spot, the paradigm shift into the uh, into the bed of thumbtacks. Then he spit him out. That was so badass. Yeah, that was crazy. That was badass. And Moxley spit out the tax after he landed the move. Um. Okay, so it was tamer than you thought it was, but is that really a bad thing, considering? I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm just telling yeah. you what I expected. I, I, If they would not have unsanctioned the match the week going into it, this would probably have been about what I expected. Oh, okay. Uh, when they unsanctioned the match, that's when I expected it to go to another level that, that it did not reach. But that's but that's hey, that's just me. But you're not a fan of those levels with that they do sometimes on CZW, are you? No, I'm not saying that I am, but I'm saying what I expected. There's a big mm, difference. Yeah. Uh, how, I love the receipt from Kenny Omega to end the show, guys. Yes, indeed. It was a good receipt. Uh, that was a stiff guitar shot too. Guitars aren't aren't soft. That was uh, that was Say not that a Jeff Jarrett shit. That was not a gimmicked Elias guitar right there. I tell you what, that was a that was a bona fide electric guitar right across Moxley's back. Uh, and something I didn't notice live on the show, but caught during being the elite cameraman taking a dip in the pool. But hey, he saved the camera. <laughs> That's a lot of money. All right, we asked the fans. How would you rate Fighter Fest after Mox and Janela beat the dog shit out of each other? And uh, let me hit a refresh because I don't think that's the most updated poll results. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I thought I saw something else. Uh, a lot of you loved it. 45% of you voted an A. 35% of you voted a B. So 80% of you went A or B on it. 19% of you went a D. And less than a percent of you went D or F, I think. I, I, I don't know where that other percent went. So, one some part of a percent just went, you know, off in the air, uh, through through a, a, a bed of barbed wire. So, nineteen percenters are idiots. 
Yeah, I, I give it a solid B plus. Um, there was nothing I hated. I was entertained by it all. There was nothing I hated, especially on the main card. You know, I, I even liked. Uh, I thought Ali and Leva was decent. I thought I, I was entertained by Jabali and, Nak- and Nakazawa. Uh, obviously, the Triple Threat Tag Team was phenomenal. But and then everything on the nothing on the main card really made me go. You know, this sucks. You know. I was I was thoroughly enjoyed by the entire entire show. So, what, what do you guys think overall with uh, AEW's second showing here? I gave it a minus. I I would give it a B to a B plus. Mm. I, I I really truly believe that the uh, the hardcore match and Ali and Leva Bates kept this thing from being an A. Just was was it wasn't a good. Th- that kind of stuff is what I expect on your weekly television product. I when this was AEW's first ever chance to show to a massive audience for free what they were all about, and I don't feel that they put the best foot forward that they could have put. Uh, they did with Double or Nothing, but that was fifty dollars. Um. You, when when you when you're free ninety nine, I think you need to put even be putting a better foot forward than than you put forward at double or nothing, and I don't feel they did that. Hopefully, a fight for the fallen um, does it. So, but we'll see. Let me ask you this: because it was free, and ma- probably a good majority of America has cable, and TNT is on cable. Do you think that this was a preview, along with Fight for the Fallen, of what the ba- the daily, t- the weekly TV show would be like outside of the unsanctioned match? Do you think they were they were just giving us a taste of what daily, weekly TV is about? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. I think we'll have a better idea after we see Fight for the Fallen next weekend. Gotcha. I just I, I look at the card. You know, I look at the card for Fighter Fest. I even look at the card that we have so far for Fight for the Fallen, and it, it's just the scale is so much smaller than Double or Nothing or All Out. So I don't expect them to put their best foot forward because the scale and the matchups are just not there to do that. Right. Um, I mean, they put it on. They, they gave us a hell of a damn show for free, though. So, uh, I, I there's no way I I could even expect them to to match or or exceed double or nothing or or even what what they're going to do with all out just because less matches different matches I mean we're getting you get you got Hangman Page in a four way with uh, a newcomer in Jungle Boy a veteran with Jimmy Havoc and and uh, your your future top heel in MJF you know and. It's kind of a, and then now you're putting him in with Kip Sabian, kind of randomly. You know, it's it's these are just not, they're they're not being built to be those type of. I mean, but think about it. It's 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 kind of similar, but what you would see on TV. Yeah. So it's just like something you would see Kofi Kingston against, mm-hmm. not to compare Mustafa Ali to Kim, Kip Sabian, but Kofi Kingston against Mustafa Ali. Well, oh, maybe it's a test. Maybe they're doing some test runs here because I mean that, the, that's the, what I'm saying. You know, the next show is only two weeks or is a week and a half away already. So right, so they can gauge you know what the feedback is as well as the you know the viewership. Yeah, because they're going to have to run on a 
a lot more of a real-time uh, uh, adjustment once the TV hits every week and there's no stopping. Absolutely. Uh, so far, the card for Fight for the Fallen is as follows. Brandy Rhodes and Allie, Kenny Omega and Seema, Cody and Dusty and Rhodes against the Bucks, and Adam Page against Kip Sabian. So what we got so far, Jericho is scheduled to be there, so I don't know if Jericho is going to have a match, but uh, maybe he put his ego aside and, and will fu- we'll wrestle a free show. Uh, that was a, still a funny-ass tweet that he, he pulled out of F- Fighter Fest because it was a free show. <laughs> Goddamn Judas. Uh, Road to Fight for the Fall in Episode 1 aired uh, late last week, middle of last week. Uh, they started off with Nick Sobic, the, the VP of Business Operations, talking about uh, first uh, some of the tragedies that have happened in Jacksonville and, and why uh, Fight for the Fallen is taking place and, and why all the proceeds of the show are, are, are going to uh, those affected by those tragedies. So good stuff uh, kind of there to kind of kind of show uh, the community aspect uh, of the main reason why this show is taking place. Uh, Michael Kowari uh, getting in the ring. Uh, showing uh, some moves with uh, Brandy Rhodes as she prepares with Ali. What was his name? What's his wrestling name? Is it you said QT? QT Marshall is that right? Yeah, QT Marshall. Yeah. Um. And uh, Hangman Page had an answer for MJF after uh, we had Fake Hangman show up. <laughs> that was of course uh, ahead of uh, fight, uh, Fighter Fest that came out. I like horses. <laughs> <laughs> I like horses. And uh, leading up to the brothers battling, uh, how cool was it to hear from Tony Schiavone and Jake the Snake Roberts uh, as we uh, as we lead to the uh, the roads against the Bucks? I think that was perfect. You got you got the you got the the old heads, the the, the veterans speaking on the young talent and. I was happy that they brought Jake the Snake Roberts in. I'm, I'm just happy they brought somebody who's been uh, been in wrestling for years and up and down that cool. road. Yeah, like he knows he knows what to expect, and he can give his honest opinion. You know, and, and yeah, he's he's pulling hard for Dustin and to get that win with with uh, Cody because absolutely uh, for the veterans. Uh, that was. That was just so cool to see those two guys just just talk about it. And, and Tony Giovanni put it best. It's like, uh, just put the brother aspect aside. These are four top talents in pro wrestling today, you know. And and uh, even if they weren't brothers, this would be a, a dream match. But you know, now you're adding the aspect of it as brothers versus brothers, and it just makes it even uh, even more uh, even more intriguing. Uh. Being the elite this week was uh, backstage at Fighter Fest. Uh, we we, uh, we start off with uh, again another parody of the Fire Festival as Kenny Omega is trying to to calm down the uh, the uh, the natives that are restless because half the luggage is not there and and uh, there's and it's first come first serve for all the tents and well you know chaos ensues if 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 you're familiar with that Fire Festival uh, uh, some more fun was being poked at at that so. <clears throat> and uh, Bucks are on the road again, and uh, I guess we, we could say Mike Knox. Uh, we could say uh, Rick Knox is in full gear, right? Ref, ref gear. <laughs> ref gear. <laughs> Takes his job too serious. Uh, he uh, 
He said that uh, you know he's, he was hired to be the referee and he's going to do it twenty four seven. So, uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite part was when uh, uh, Matt was littering in the airport and uh, and uh, and uh, Rick Knox and Rick Knox was uh, counting him out to disqualify him. <laughs> Uh, good stuff there. Uh, so then, uh, we, uh, then go to, uh, some, uh, little behind the scenes before, uh, before the fighter fest. They're kind of chilling in the ocean there. Then we go back to the arena as of course it is insane. Everybody getting their luggage taken off and, uh, referee, Rick Knox is trying to look for a spot to crash. Uh, he opens up the tent that's on the stage, but uh, the best friends are camping there. <laughs> why was why was uh, was that Chucky T face down? Was he planking? Yes, I don't know what the fu- I was like, what the hell is going on? I, I, the only thing I could figure out is that he was planking. <laughs> you, remember, you remember that thing that was? Yeah, like the planking challenge. Yeah. I thought they were trying to play out the fact he was dead. That may be. <laughs> get the fuck out of here <laughs> he had a dead body I get a dead body in his tent yeah <laughs> oh is it Rick I keep, I, keep, I keep thinking I'm fucking up the name is it Rick Knox yeah you're right okay it's Rick Knox it's uh, in my report you son of a bitch I got the report up it's right here fansided.com slash 2019 slash 07 slash 02 slash elite dash recap plug um, there's a plug I almost read the entire you should have said fansided.com slash WWE. It's just so much easier. Or or type in fansided space being the elite and you'll find Matt Black's article. Fansided.com backslash butt plug and yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That'll get you somewhere That's you don't a little go. disturbing, my friend. It'll get you somewhere you don't want to go. Ah, that's true. Uh I, I think CD's still selling that uh the dick toss from, from <laughs> It's been a while, boys, but we got SCU back in the house together. SCU! And, uh, of course, I mean, you know, Atlanta's the worst airport in the world, but and they're finally in, in Daytona Beach, which is... What is... Da- what, can somebody help me and tell me, what what is Daytona Beach? What do you mean? What, what, like, what, I was, what kind of town is it? It's the worst town they've ever been in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had to. I have to agree with them though. Hartsville Jackson Airport in Atlanta is horrible. Like that's yeah, just the Atlanta big, airport's well, Atlanta. one of the worst I've ever been to. That's just horrible. Yeah, that's like Delay City. No matter where you go, like it's uh, the worst airports I've been to is there in Newark. Like it's the worst. Uh, shithole covered in sand. That's what Daytona Beach is. Can't wait to get back to Southern California. SCU. Oh, and then we, uh, of course, uh, awkward scene in the bathroom as uh, Nick is all bloody. And so then Matt has to get all bloody so they can reenact the road scene. I need my older brother. And uh, Brandon Cutler, I should have went to NXT. <laughs> I could not believe he said that. <laughs> Oh, that, that was, was perfect. 
Uh, Luchasaurus getting a workout as he's carrying Jungle Boy, who's carrying two bags of uh, or two two luggage, two bags of luggage there as they try to find a, a spot to crash. But uh, well, you know, they run into SEU's uh, dressing room. Nope, nope, it's only for Southern Cal people only. And well, I got my master's degree in Southern California. Nope, doesn't count. Other uh, than they run into private party, and uh, I think they're trying to hoard the toilet paper, and uh, they start brawling. It's funny how Jungle Boy was still on top of his shoulders while he was brawling. That was a. Uh, you could tell. Uh, you could tell Luchasaurus was kind of get, getting gas there, man. He was. He was getting a workout in carrying him around with those two bags. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got a nice little behind-the-scenes uh, uh, little video editing uh, uh, for Kenny Omega's entrance. Apparently, uh, some things were not right right off the bat. So then uh, Kenny getting on the horn with the director and, and uh, getting some things fixed. And, uh, you know, in the end, everything turned out all right for that entrance, which was badass. <laughs> they had an entrance with an extra. <laughs> Something I forgot to mention uh, in that match, the Hadouken was pretty fucking cool. That was a good spot, wasn't it? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I turned into like a fanboy like real quick. I love Street Fighter. I mean, just for the fact that where we're at, that was a great fucking that thing. That was perfect. Yeah, for what they did, that was great. Um, oh, the other thing that I cracked me up was uh, the fact that, oh, the budget ran out, so they had to cut half the models, and then, then one of the mannequins lost their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, the mannequin lost its head because didn't Peter Avalon rip it off? Yep, yep, yeah. Oh my god! Oh, there's just so many little things that were hilarious about that. You know what? It was that 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 just showed the creativity. Yeah. Of those guys, their imagination is wild. Oh, that was good. They showed. Uh, they cut to private party uh, after their uh, their six man or uh, uh, triple threat tag match, getting the uh, contracts as we mentioned. Uh, let's take another shot at WWE. Brandon Cutler is showing Brandy Rhodes how to watch <laughs> watch the television on camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I did not. Wow, I can see the TV so much better. <laughs> oh, you see his boobs. Well, that too, because well. Oh my god, the shots they take at the WWE are just hilarious. And the, that one, I popped at that one a little too hard, I think. Uh, she goes, uh, thanks, KD. Well, we know who that's at. Uh, a guy we take a shout out on a weekly basis, right, Matt? <laughs> yep. Dune! Uh, they show the librarians try, as Peter tries to, to make up for uh, uh, his mistake costing Leva her match and uh you know obviously we know we know Peter's fallen for Leva we all know that MJF is uh, trying to pay off one of the referees uh for the uh for the fatal four way but uh uh oops there's a twin brother that's actually in that match <laughs> dumbass uh MJF I didn't even realize those refs were twins is the other one actually a ref, or he's just hanging out? He's just, hanging, he's out. just hanging out. Uh, gonna see some cool stuff from behind the scenes at uh, Fighter Fest. Cody making his entrance to the ring with uh, Brandy. Then we cut to Kenny Omega, his attack on John Moxley, and that's where we see a slow mo replay of the guy falling in the pool, but still keeping the camera upright. So uh, 
That was hilarious. Uh, and then we see uh, two of the EVPs, along with Rick Knox, hard at work counting T-shirts at 1 in the morning. So, you know, they're still, they're, they're still doing the, the hard work, too, guys. They're, they're not kicking back in the fancy office, pal. Yep, pretty much. Well, Rick Knox helping the boys out, too. That's nice of him. And then about 45 minutes later, loading up that van is, hey, we're heading for Jacksonville. Word, son. So that was uh, being the elite this week. Well, bombshell dropped on Thursday. Paul get Heyman. Up, get up, get up. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff named executive directors of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, I'm desperate, pal. The uh, the official press release uh, from the WWE came out as uh, WWE Today announced that Paul Heyman as executive director of Monday Night Raw and Eric Bischoff as executive director of SmackDown Live, newly created positions reporting directly to the WWE chairman and CEO Vince McMahon. In their executive roles, Heyman and Bischoff will oversee the creative development of the WWE's flagship programming and ensure integration across all platforms and lines of business. The creation of these roles further establishes WWE's ability to continuously reinvent its global brand while providing two distinct creative processes for its flagship show. Uh, my initial, my initial reaction was was fuck yeah as long as they get through to Vince, you know. Um, and then when I saw Heyman do an interview about how the general manager things played out, I knew immediately this is not a. This is all a behind-the-scenes thing. And then we saw Heyman on Raw uh, completely as the advocate, not even a, 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 a single bit as the executive director on camera. So you know, it seems like everything here between Bischoff and Heyman is going to be behind the scenes, which, which I like a lot as well. Right. Um, so I have I have a lot of optimism. More op- I have more optimism now than I've had in a while, at least. What do you guys think of uh, of this announcement? I think it's good for, I mean, just for wrestling, period. I mean, like AEW was trying to say, I mean, like John Moxley, I'm sorry, was trying to say, hopefully certain things changes the way WWE operates so they can provide better entertainment for the fans. And that's all we ask for. And I think it's happening. Matt, do you think this is the the XFL move that Vince puts into place when he has to put put his uh, uh, eggs in other baskets? Hopefully. <laughs> and that's really all we can do right now is hope. Yeah, uh, We already saw Hammond's fingerprints Monday night. Uh, I'm under the impression that Bischoff won't be starting on SmackDown until after the pay-per-view. Um, they say he's so already on the we'll job. We'll see so what happens. Think maybe he, had he, a was, little... he was not there tonight. You think he had a little input, though? or like, No. From afar? Absolutely not. Okay. I, I I was told he was not starting until after the pay per view. Okay. So he didn't. There was no input from Bischoff on on the SmackDown product tonight. Uh, what was your thoughts on this this uh, news that broke out on Thursday? I think it shows that WWE is a little worried. Oh yeah. I they wouldn't be do, to me. They wouldn't be doing this if AEW wasn't coming in October. There's no way this would have happened. Um. Oh, Vince would have just sat on his. Vince would just sat on his hands. I think it's a welcome. I think it's a welcome change. I I think anytime the WWE can look themselves in the mirror and and say this shit ain't working, we need we need to fix it. 
Um, that's a good thing. Do you think this is a direct response to everything Moxley had said in, in his post WWE interviews about the creative process and such? That oh, got- I don't think this. I don't think this has anything to do with Moxley. Um, but I definitely feel that. Uh, you know, it's it's a cause and effect. If, yeah. if the cause is AEW, and the effect is we need to we need to shape up now before we get bowled over. Yeah. Because they, you know, they just they're running into that chance that it could very well happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, they you don't you don't want to set yourself up for failure, and that's kind of what WWE has been doing to themselves, you know, for the last several months. Yeah, and uh, you know, remember Undertaker warned Vince back in 1997, and uh, took quite a while for him to to realize uh, that as well. So. That was very interesting. For Mike Johnson at PW Insider, the announcement from Heyman and Bischoff uh, is a legitimate, not a storyline situation. WWE's been pursuing Heyman to come on board officially in their corporate circles as far back as February. PW Insider can exclusively confirm. An offer was issued to Heyman to come on board full-time as a top member of the creative team. Around the same time, Bruce Pritchard was brought back as senior vice president, but the conversations were slow and progressing. Uh, Heyman had been working on certain storylines with certain talents, including Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, Alexa Bliss, and many others dating far back to that as far back as to that point. He's been in the inner circle when it comes to the creative process for some time without an official title. He and the WWE have been circling around this deal for a long time and finally came to terms recently. The Eric Bischoff deal came together within the last several weeks. Bischoff has been working on pre-production of a planned Netflix Hulk Hogan biography film and had a slew of personal appearances booked. Over the last week, he quietly began to cancel those appearances, so it was likely he came to, that was when he came to terms with the WWE. PW Insider is told that he will be working directly with Fox as WWE builds their relationship with SmackDown's new home. To say this is a massive return to form for Bischoff is a grand understatement. We are told that the WWE approached him about the role and that his previous work in collaborating with Turner Broadcasting. Spike and other networks in, in building past TV series was one of the reasons why Bischoff was pitched for the position. Uh, PW Insider is told that they'll, uh, they will be overseeing all aspects of the individual series, answering directly to Vince McMahon. They are now on top of the pyramid, respectively, for Raw and SmackDown. But obviously, McMahon will always have the last say. One source compared their roles to uh, Triple H's role in NXT that, uh, that they will be in charge, but is still Vince's company. Uh, Heyman is still expected to continue as his role as, as Brock Lesnar's advocate. No word yet as if Bischoff will appear on camera, but as Mike Johnson said, given how good of a performer he is, one would think it's just a matter of time. Uh, Follow-up to that story, Mike Johnson put out there that Bischoff officially came to terms uh, as the executive director of SmackDown two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, and these are actually brand-new roles that were crea- uh, created within the corporate structure they are not worked roles, but legitimate executive roles that would have been approved by the board of directors, given their importance. Um, Mike, uh, Mike Johnson, PW Insider, did say on Friday that Bischoff would kick off his tenure as executive director on this tape, this Tuesday's taping. But uh, Matt, Matt, you've heard otherwise on that then? Uh, I... I was told he was not there tonight, and he wasn't starting until after the pay-per-view. That's what I was told. Okay. 
I mean, maybe I maybe I got wrong information, but that's that's what I heard. And of course, we all know Heyman was there on Monday. He appeared on camera. Um, Heyman was in Gorilla the entire, the, pretty much the entire Monday Night Raw with Vince. Uh, Eric Bischoff, his fingerprints were all over that show. Yeah, it was. Uh, Bischoff tweeted on a Saturday afternoon, equally humbled, honored, and more excited than I can possibly articulate here. Thank you so much for the overwhelming support. It's been an amazing journey, and the best is yet to come. So uh, great words from Eric Bischoff there. Of course, uh, we've talked at length uh, of the big the, the chair shot heard around the world with uh, Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Thankfully, no concussion. Twelve staples. Sheesh. Uh, I get. I one. Cody said it's ten. One would assume he'll be fine for fight for the fallen, right? Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Well, he doesn't have a concussion, so I think he'll be fine. Yeah. So crazy situation, huh? Uh, some notes, uh, news and notes from Fighter Fest and uh, just AEW in general. Uh, Golden Boy has worked as an uh, why Golden Boy worked uh, as an announcer for Fighter Fest is the same reason why Nakazawa took on Jabali because it's part of the partnership with CEO. Uh, Kenny Omega was the point person for that relationship, and hopefully, maybe that just leads to Golden Boy being on commentary for good now because he was damn good with those two guys. Um. I think everything else we have covered. Uh, Alex Marvez was seen ba- was backstage at Fighter Fest and filmed material for future AEW use. For those that were wondering, <laughs> I don't think any of us were really a fan of his commentary, though. He, like I said, he just needs to pick up his excitement level a bit. He wasn't terrible. Oh, of course, uh, as I mentioned in the open, uh, you know. Middle fingers and oh shit, because we saw both of those on Raw and SmackDown this week. And Corey Graves uh, says he's thinking of starting a GoFundMe page for this fine. Yeah, right, right, pal. Uh, of course, uh, the uh, the holy shit comment was not bleeped on the West Coast feed either, so we all know that. I don't fine. believe that's what I don't believe that's what he was referring to. I know everybody is going back to that, but I don't think that's what I don't think that's what he meant. Do you have any idea if, what he's talking about? Yeah, yeah. If you go back, if you go back to the uh, the mixed tag match where um, Corey re- repeated the lines, calling uh, oh, Mike Kanellis a bitch, and Renee re- Renee retorted, "I hope you get fined for that." And Corey said, "That's what you said." Oh, so, I, it, to me, that's what he was referring to as far as the fine the the fine goes. I don't think it had anything to do with the holy shit thing, uh-huh. but. Which is funny because that's just my opinion. Which is funny because he'd get fined for saying "bitch," quoting someone as compared to saying "holy, of saying shit. holy shit." Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, uh, here is some uh, news and notes uh, following Raw. Uh, the creative process at Raw was no different from any other week. Vince being the lead person, he and Heyman were both in Gorilla for much of the show. Uh, while the show had a lot of Heyman's fingerprints on it, as Matt said, uh, in the end, everything was still Vince's call. Uh, Maria Canales is indeed pregnant. Uh, the story was making the rounds that she's expecting again. And of course, uh, her and Mike have signed new deals with the company, new five-year deals. Uh, this interesting uh, fact, uh, interesting turn, especially after what happened on uh, on Rod in the show. 
Mike Johnson of PW Insider says there is a belief that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows have agreed to terms on a new WWE deal, but may Get have not signed. Out of here. But may have not signed them yet. All signs were pointing to the duo exiting this fall when their deals expired, as uh, they may have turned down some lucrative five uh, five year deals from the company. Uh, at the time, the, the the duo had pointed to creative or the lack thereof as the major le- reason why they wanted to exit. Uh, but now uh, they're back with AJ. Things may change. So uh, right now, PW Insider has not confirmed if they've signed the deals yet, but they uh, look like they may have agreed to new terms. Uh Mike Johnson did say Eric Bischoff was not backstage for Raw, but is there tonight for was there tonight for SmackDown. He said that uh, this afternoon. And Rhino, and also one final note for the WWE: Rhino's deal expires July seventeenth, so it's coming up here pretty soon. I'd assume he's probably free and clear right after that, right? Like no ninety day. Yeah, ninety day. Uh, ratings for the week. Last week's SmackDown uh, got a little bit of a boost, 1.9 million, uh, about a 70,000 increase. Of course, uh, the key thing here for Raw last week: what happens with uh, the big news of Heyman coming in? Uh, well, it, it got some eyes on the product because it got a huge boost. Over 220,000 more viewers turned in for this week's Monday Night Raw than the week before, uh, and. Uh, Damn, 2.6 million in hour two ain't bad either, and they held uh, 2.34 million in hour three. So I don't know if it's a direct result of Heyman or, or you know, if uh, people wanted to see the the answer to AEW. I don't know, guys. It, do you think it, Do you think the Heyman thing had a lot to do with the the the, the big rating jump? I definitely, I definitely think more absolutely. people tuned in this week due to due to that news that came out. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So we should expect SmackDown to be back over two million then. For this. I don't know about that. Well, I mean, if, I guess people might be tuning in to see what Bischoff was going to do, but Bischoff wasn't there. Well, Mike Johnson. So, Mike Johnson just said this afternoon he was. So I don't know. I'm telling you. Uh, well, then I'm going up against Mike Johnson right now, and I'm telling you that he wasn't there. Oh, showdown! So round one, fight. Fuck. Look, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to start nothing. But I trust who I spoke to, and I was told that Bischoff was not going to be there tonight. I trust so, Matt Black. I'm back. Uh, how, uh, somebody on Twitter randomly goes, "How do I start a campaign for Re- Renee Young to host a late night talk show?" And uh, Renee actually responded and goes, "I wanted to bring back Tuesday Night Titans. How great would that have been with Renee hosting? That would have been great." That'd be pretty cool. She does very well with interviews. You know, Why not? And you, you know who would be a great uh, Gorilla Monsoon or an Ed McMahon to the Johnny Carson for Renee Young? Daniel Bryan. You think so? Reunite, reunite, talking smack, baby. Talking smack was the greatest thing that never ha- that that almost never happened. <laughs> I miss talking smack. Tuesday Night Titans was always fun. You can watch that on the WWE Network for nine, 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 nine. Uh, recently, uh, Becky Lynch did an interview with GuideLive.com where she discussed uh, the uh, triple threat main event WrestleMania match and uh, whatnot. Also talked about her relationship with Seth Rollins. 
and being uh, now uh, on screen with him in the relationship. And she said that that's something that just came about recently. I think seeing the potential of having two top stars fighting side-by-side as champions is something that we couldn't really ignore, so here we are. What are you guys thinking about uh, about that so far with those two? They're overdoing it. Think so? My opinion. What do you mean? I just think they just, I mean, between the award ceremonies and, um, you know, making a storyline behind it, I'm just like, just chill. Let them be. You don't, I think because of the situation with AEW as well as the ratings being bad, I just think that you're bringing it into full fold. You've never, I mean, you haven't really done that before. But now you're actually just like over, in my opinion, like you're just overhyping it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I saw somebody comment. <clears throat> I saw somebody comment on on Twitter like how it it's like taking the edge off of Becky now. I'm like, I don't know about that so much, but I won't. I won't say the edge, all that. The, the, the Becky hasn't had her edge since the Royal Rumble. Thank you. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not agreeing with that. I mean, it's, her relationship with Rollins is not hurting her, but I mean, it's. I don't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's helping her either. She got hot on her own, and then WWE put their fingers all over her, and now they're and now she's not she's not even close to where she was through no fault of her own and through all fault of WWE creative trying to be too cute with her character. Yeah, they're trying to overexpose her. I'm just well, like, her being on be her, her being on Raw under Heyman, I, I feel like she has a chance to gain that back this year if they you know if they give her the shot so we'll see how that goes uh one of the best not just because it's pro wrestling but one of the best reality shows out there ms and mrs coming back tuesday august 6th it'll return to the usa network as it uh rounds out its current season actually it's right it's they're still technically in their first season right i believe so I'm i'm confused with how they're they're uh, like putting that together, but I guess I guess the finale of the first season is starting August sixth, and then twenty twenty is season two. I don't know. I just know it's great. Ah, interesting. Uh, Evolve's tenth anniversary is uh, on uh, August thirty first, and it's going to air on uh, July thirteenth, and it's going to air on the WWE Network Live. Hey, what else is on uh, July thirteenth? Hmm. Hmm. Um, we're fighting for the fallen. Hmm. Yeah. Apparently, Kenny Omega mentioned uh, how he was uh, not happy about some stuff and whatnot. But uh, uh, they also talked about uh, talking about uh, them going to Saudi Arabia too. He wasn't really happy about that as well. But uh, uh, the Evolve event is going to feature Adam Cole, the NXT champion, taking on Akira Tozawa. And uh, the cruiserweight champion Drew Gulak take, taking on Matt Riddle. Uh, AEW announced on their Twitter last week, as we mentioned a little earlier, Chris Jericho is appearing at Fight for the Fallen. Um, would you like to see Jericho face? Fight for the Fallen? Yeah. I don't think he's working Fight for the Fallen. I think yeah, he's just going to be there for. Up. I think yeah, he's just going to be there for a segment with uh, with Page. Maybe he'll maybe he'll do commentary during uh, Page and Sabian and have a 
you know, a confrontation afterwards. That's all I see. So, uh, CM Punk filing a counter lawsuit against Colt Cabana because I guess they like being in court. Look, look, he didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, he's he's seeking 600,000. You know, if if Cabana keeps coming with these lawsuits, you eventually have to counter to try to freaking shut the damn thing down. Yeah. Uh, Countersuit seeking $600,000 from Colt. Um, Yeah, a lot of of information there, but... uh, I think didn't you say that last last week maybe on the show, Matt? That's one expensive podcast. <laughs> Very oh, much boom. is. Uh, one last cable network has dropped the or, or the Pursuit Channel, which Impact Wrestling airs on as as one less cable home as AT and T Uverse has dropped the Trivial Pursuit Network. Because nobody's watching. Yeah. I, you hear the rumors that Impact might be going to Access, Access TV? Yeah, I saw that. Which I don't understand how that works with New Japan. With, uh, New Japan. Them already having New Japan and Wild Women of Wrestling. How much? How much pro wrestling do they, do they want on their fucking network? They want all the pro wrestlings. I think that might. I think that might be a mistake. Uh, for the first, picking up Impact. Period. Uh, for the first time in twenty years. Uh, S.A. Rios and Lita reunited for a, an event in Mexico. Of course, if you remember, uh, Lita made her debut in the WWE with uh, with S.A. Rios. So, pretty cool to see those two uh, reunite for uh, for a little meet and greet and whatnot. Uh, some new trademark filings for the WWE. The Iconics with two eyes. Zelina Vega, Heavy Machinery, Lacey Evans, EC3, Drake Maverick, the Lucha House Party and the B Team were all filed on June 21st. E. Lie. Drake. Tell me. Yeah. Oh, you were waiting for that one. Yeah. Uh, he signs with the NWA and uh, was the tag partner for Nick Aldis at Best in the World. What do you guys think of that move? Uh, I'm not. Mm, I, I'm I'm more to sit back and watch mode. So, Depends on how long the contract is. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Hopefully, it was forty-eight hours. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think so, Tim. See you later, dummies. Uh, look, look. It's not going to be a bad schedule, and if he's going to get some good money for a short period of time, I mean, why the hell not? Yeah. I look. Let's face it. The EC like not, not EC three. Freaking Eli Drake's best impact run was when Corgan was in charge of that company. Yeah. So like God, I, I don't I don't I don't blame him for wanting to go with somebody that he already knows how they know how to use him. Yeah, a lot of trust there. Yeah. Uh. So, is there anything? Have you read anything or like? Just is it? Is it just keep growing? The NWA ROH partnership. I think so. Yeah, that's that's all they're looking to do. Got to do something after they lost the elite, right? Pretty much. And everybody else, Tennell Dashwood. Apparently, Juice Robinson doesn't want to work for them anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it just keeps getting worse and worse for Reign of Honor. Man, a lot of delirious running around. Pretty much. Uh wow! Uh, Slam anniversary's caught up on us here. Uh, <gasps> Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sammy Callahan against Tessa Blanchard. 
right. I guess it'd be fun to watch her kick his ass. Uh, uh, I, I don't think I'd be comfortable watching that match at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Neither would I. The Rascals are taking on the tag champs LAX. I hear uh, LAX is getting uh, some phone calls from the WWE and the uh, AEW. No one should be surprised by that. No. Nope. They, they must be free pretty soon, I'm guessing. Uh, very, very, very soon. RVD. Hey, man. RVD against Moose. X Division champion Rich Swan against Johnny Impact. Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie against Rosemary Sue Young and Havoc in a Monsters Ball match. And impact, uh, first blood match, Killer Cross and Eddie Edwards. Hey, Killer Cross, you want to get out of your contract? Well, now you're going to get in a first blood match. <laughs> and for the title, Brian Cage, Big Mike Elgin. That sure stuck up on us quick because uh, we don't we don't watch Impact anymore. Do you watch any Impact anymore, Matt? I couldn't tell you the last time I watched an episode of Impact. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch it again if it goes back on Access. In the, yeah, true, true. I mean, I'll put it on the DVR and, and do the match. Yeah, because I, I record it in Japan every week, you know. So if, they, if you want to move, if you want to move Impact to, to Access TV, yeah, I can. Maybe I can see about watching your programming again. But as long as you're on Pursuit and in Twitch, I'm good. I'm, Matt, I'm good. Matt will once again, if you you go to Access, Matt will give you that DVR treatment. He'll go through your show in 20 minutes. Dun dun dun. Or your money back. Guaranteed. Uh, an interview with the Miami Herald, Alberto El Patron, says that his new promotion, Nacion Lucha Libre, which he's, oh, just stop. Which he's formed with Chavo Guerrero, will <laughs> pro- provide health and life insurance to all of its talent. How many startup companies of athletic sporting competition is this man going to start up in the last three years? Because for crying out fucking loud, this feels like the 50th one. All of them. He's going to start all of them. Well, one was like an MMA promotion, wasn't it? Yeah, that's why I said athletic sports. Yeah. Speaking of the NWA, a new NWA national champion was crowned in Philly. Sorry. About your damn luck. Well... Which I don't even know how the fuck this happened when apparently Colt Cabana couldn't work the night before. Yeah. So how the hell was he all of a sudden healthy enough to compete I wonder, 24 hour, hours later to drop the title? It doesn't make any fucking I, I, sense. I wonder if it was like a one-minute deal to drop the title since he was hurt. Like a beer bottle in the back of the head or something, and then he pinned him, you know. That would nice. Something quick, you know. As uh, James Storm defeats Colt Cabana. As if Cole Cabana hasn't had that bad luck already. That lawsuit. Sorry about your damn luck. Boom, here's boom. A, here's another lawsuit. Speaking of creative in the WWE, uh, Paige recently did an interview with The Sun in the United Kingdom uh, promoting the digital release of Fighting With My Family. And she talked about managing the Kabuki Warriors and expressed, frust- and expressed frustration. <laughs> She said, if we don't get used, I get really frustrated because we're a good tag team. We need to be utilized. Sometimes the writers have so much on their plate with everyone else's storylines. They put things on the back burner. I have to remind them. Okay, but there's also women's tag titles. I'm like, what the hell, dudes? Let's make something happen. Apparently, Paige repeated herself there because uh, we did not see the Kabuki Warriors on SmackDown this week. Here's the Look, 
this is the perfect this is the perfect way to utilize the wild card. You have a three hour show on Monday nights. If if you want to fucking make the fucking women's tag team titles worth something, bring the, bring Page and company out on Raw. You know, actually make the wild card fucking worth something. Yeah. Apparently the the Kabuki Warriors won a future tag title opportunity in Japan, in Tokyo, so uh, she. I would ta- assume that'll happen in Extreme Rules. She talks about expressing frustration uh, about creative to Vince and Triple H, saying it frustrates me. But once you actually get to speak with Vince and Hunter about your problems and frustrations, they're always the first to say, "Let's change this." If you go up to the writers, it's like talking to a brick wall. Sometimes and that's because you put the fear of God in their asses. What it? Everything looks like shit unless it gets approved by Vince. Whereas if you go to Vince and Hunter, they're like, "If you have a problem, yo, I'll solve it." Oh my god! Fuck out of here! I could, I could resist on that one. Uh, then she says the Kabuki Warriors will be a force to be reckoned with, and that was the plan from the beginning. Okay, I, it's just not a good fit. Page and those two, not a good fit. Just show me. Don't tell me. I mean, show, show me. Show me. Don't tell me. Yeah, no bullshit. Like uh, triple mania. Is uh, also around the corner, August 3rd in uh, Mexico. And uh, the following matches have been announced. Uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. against Blue Demon Jr., a couple of legends. It's going to be a hair versus mask match. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks facing off against the Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid once more. Uh, Kane, Va- Kane Velasquez and Cody and Psycho Clown take on Tejano Jr., Taras, and a mystery partner. So this is kind of Cody's revenge for getting that beat down. Uh, at one of the uh, indie shows. Uh, Tyra Valkyrie and Tessa Blanchard take on Fabia Pachi and Lady Shahani versus uh, Kaira and La Hedra against Chica Tormenta. So it looks like a uh, a fatal four-way tag match. Uh, Let's see. Anybody else we know? Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux is going to be on the show taking on Lady Maravilla. Sammy, uh, Sammy Guevara. Is going to be on the show as well, so that's going to be uh, Triple Mania, Triple A's biggest event of the year. Uh, Seth Rollins, of course, we know uh, he's been uh, at it with Will Ospreay lately, and uh, so he decided to apologize to Will Ospreay actually this morning on Twitter, and uh, he said uh, after a few days to sun, I'd like to apologize to Will Ospreay for the tweet uh, comparing bank accounts. It was dumb of me, not in my line of values. The moment I pressed the send button, I knew it was trash, but I'm too stubborn for my own good. I stand firm in my sentiments that WWE is the best pro wrestling on the planet, and that I'm the best at doing. I'm the, I'm the best of the best doing it right now. After a hell of a week of travel, our crew didn't waver for a second. Top level humans busting their asses for the love of the game. I uh, couldn't be more proud to be a champion with this company and represent WWE and the entire industry the way it deserves. No more garbage tweets until the next time, right? Ouch. Word. I'm just being truthful, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the complete lineup for the uh, 10th anniversary event from Evolve was announced actually just uh, tonight, uh, a little bit before SmackDown Live, as I mentioned, of course. Uh, Adam Cole taking on Tozawa. Uh, Evolve champion Austin Theory is going to take on J.D. Drake, who is the WWN champion. That's going to be title versus title. 
The Evolved Tag Champions, uh, Eddie Kingston and Joe Gacy, are going to take on A.R. Fox and Leon Ruff. Uh, mentioned Gulak and Riddle. Uh, also going to be on the card, Colby Carino. It's going to take on Baba Tunde. Oh, God. Colby's going to die. <laughs> uh, Sean Maluda is also on the card for uh, names you may have heard before as well. So uh, it'd be pretty cool to see uh, uh, this on the network. It's just odd that, that this is going to be on the same night as Fight for the Fallen. Uh, NXT this week, pretty damn good. We started out the breakout tournament. What did you guys think of uh, Yuki and Wild and, and Angel Garza? Yes. I, I knew nothing of Angel Garza going into it, but that dude's Garza, Garza Jr., he's in AAA as well as Ring of Honor at times. That dude's got, that dude's got it, man. I like it. I like him already. And uh, Yuki and Wild, uh, make it... Uh, Making a run uh, for Ali for his money for entrance gear. Holy shit! That's DJZ. I know, Mr. Zion, right there. Uh, that was a hell of a match, though. Uh, if this is what we're getting from the breakout tournament, uh, I'm looking at that bracket. I think we're getting. I think we're getting Swerve and on hell in the finals. Yeah, you know, I love Swerve. At least they they changed the name up, but I I, I don't have his name memorized off the top of my head, so I'm gonna call him Swerve. Isaiah something. I forgot oh, his last name. Crowell. Yeah. No. Is it? No, that's no. a football I, player. That's football player, dude. Come I, on now. I was being smart ass. It starts it, it starts with an S. Like it's I swear Scott? Isaiah. Is it Scott? Yeah. Yeah. I'll stick with Swerve for now. Uh I think it's gonna be Swerve and, and Angel in the finals. Um yeah, I, I was really impressed with Longhell. He's got he's he's good. He's a cocky motherfucker. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, nice little vignette of Kushida talking about how he wants to face anybody and everybody. Doesn't matter. Raw SmackDown two hundred five live. He wants to face everybody. Um, little footage of Damian Priest after he made his debut last week. He's he, he says that you've not seen anything yet. The name Damian Priest will live forever. I I, I like. The persona that they're putting around Priest, it's I, I, this is gonna be big things around this guy, I think. Um, NXT Tag Champs Street Profits took on the Forgotten Sons, and uh, well, this was before we realized. Uh, hey, look, Street Profits are on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> well, first uh, somebody fucked up and uh, showed them on camera like the first minute of the show. Which was kind of funny. I'm sure somebody's got their ass chewed for that. Uh, was this just a, a little "Hey, what's up" thing, or uh, are we losing? Are they? Are NXT losing their tag champions for the second time in like four months? They want to smoke. Who knows? You never know. I saw somebody mention the fact that Heyman did a segment with him means he's pretty damn high on them. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing they're bye bye. That tag division's already wrecked, man. Oh well, they just want the smoke, man. Bask in his glory, Keith Lee. He destroyed some Greek dude pretty quick. That pounce was fucking great. That dude, that that dude about died. 
That pounce was insane. Uh, sweet vignette from Adam Cole on his victory tour. Uh, he's flying them private jets, just like, woo, just like Nature Boy Ric Flair. Uh, yes, Isaiah Scott, that's his name. He's taking on Cameron Grimes, better known as... Uh, Trevor I Lee. I, I, couldn't, I forgot his impact name already. Trevor Lee. That'll be next week in the breakout tournament, as well as Roddy Strong and Tyler Breeze. So that should be a, a pretty damn good NXT in itself as well. And uh, main event time, first time ever, women's steel cage match. And damn, was that good. That was a hell of an effort by those ladies uh, in that in that main event. and Like Candice jumping off the cage, doing a crossbody. Io doing a goddamn moonsault off the cage. Woo! Some good shit. Uh, a very, uh, a very unique finish with uh, EO slamming the the cage door on Shayna's head and basically knocking her out to where she falls out of the ring and wins. But uh, uh, holy shit! What EO uh, Shirai turning heel? What the hell? What'd you guys think of that? Not surprised. Not surprised? Really? Nope. After what she did, like, at TakeOver, you thought that was just the start of things? Yep. I thought it was going to be, like, a oopsie, you know, kind of thing. And then they'd hug. But then, no, no, she's purposely going under the ring to look for some shit. (laughs) That was no oopsie, was it? Nah, nah. It's a, a damn good heel turn, though, wasn't it? That's perfectly placed. Monday Night Raw from, uh, where are we at? Big D, I think? Yeah, yeah, the Big D. That's, that's what she said. You did damn right. <laughs> uh, like I said, the first minute they fucked up and showed the street. Street Profits, what are they doing there? Uh, Falls Count Anywhere match. Hey, look, how about this? We're kicking off Monday Night Raw. It's not a goddamn 20-minute promo. It's a fucking match. How about that, guys? <laughs> I don't know if that was Heyman's idea or if this was just happenstance, but, I mean, Vince has been doing that ever since the goddamn Attitude Era where we get a fucking 20-minute promo to kick off Raw every fucking week. So I was happy to see it just snap right into a match. Uh, and uh, speaking of snap, uh, that... Uh, that plat uh, that uh, that little uh, part of the wall went snap, and uh, two big men went right through it. And Corey Graves yelled, oh, "Holy shit!" Uh, and then we see this pretty sweet angle from the side as they uh, tend to the two guys. That, that was a pretty damn op- good opening of Raw, wasn't it, guys? That's pretty good. Uh, I love that little angle. That, that was kind of a Heyman thing, wasn't it? Yeah, this, that was him written all over it. Little, little the camera, little camera off to the side, kind of thing. Like, you know, we can't get down in there with those guys being, you know, hurt or whatever. You know, but uh, we uh, we there. But uh, that was crazy, man. I mean, they didn't, they didn't even have the LED board back up when when the Viking Raiders came out. So I thought we were going to be like Titantron less the whole three hours. I was like, this will be interesting. But they got it fixed by the time the new day came out. So. Uh, I, I like Joe's attack on the New Day, too. Like, I thought that was perfect, uh, outside of the fact that it was obvious to set up a commercial break. But 
Uh, that aside, I thought Joe attacking, going to the other show to attack the New Day, I thought that was a great heel move, don't you think? Yeah. Oh. Drake Maverick is once again 24-7 champion. Is he finally going to consummate the marriage? I hope he gets the cheeks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that's the first time Hope He Get the Cheeks was uh, uh, uttered on this show. I'm- Hashtag Hope He Get the Cheeks. Mark Cho, I know you're listening. That, that hashtag's coming. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think about uh, 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 Anderson putting up his hot, hot Asian wife for a bet? Speaking of cheeks. <laughs> I mean, y'all fucking terrible. <laughs> hey, he put he's he's the one putting his hot Asian wife up on a bet. So. I mean, I, I wouldn't be doing all that, but you know, to each his own. Do your thing. Word. <laughs> uh, Charlie was interviewing the Straight Profits. Do you, you think the Straight Profits can can succeed, can succeed in the bigger the bigger stage, or do you think they uh, need, need some more seasoning? If you will. No, they both can go. Like, I'm tired of Angelo Dawkins saying, nah, fam, but um, in the Heyman era, I think they can do they can do a little bit. Well, like I, you know, like, like I saw a buddy of mine say, like, considering Heyman did a segment with him on camera, that, that's got to mean a lot, so. Uh, Under, Undertaker thing, eh, you know, but, <laughs> It's cool to see the taker, but I mean, he didn't really say anything. He didn't really say anything groundbreaking, and Shane was holding Drew back. So I, I think we're getting. In, I, I, at first, I thought it was going towards a Shane and Undertaker SummerSlam, rem, like a rematch of the WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering if it's not going to be Taker putting over Drew at SummerSlam now, unless they're. Still, uh, uh, here's the other part of it, though. The unless uh, Shane's talking about the hot streak he's on tonight on SmackDown still makes me worried about that WWE title run. You might be right, sir. But it almost like on Monday it felt like maybe this was Drew, Drew, and this could lead to Drew and Undertaker maybe it's at SummerSlam. But I, I know that. Uh, I just, <laughs> I, I just have a feeling they're putting that fucking title around Shane. Don't say that. I'd have been more worried about it a couple weeks ago with uh, Bischoff and Heyman running things. I don't really see that as happening. So you think that maybe the gears have shifted, maybe to Drew and Undertaker at a. Uh, at I SummerSlam? think it was always Drew and Undertaker at SummerSlam. I don't think Shane and the Undertaker was ever a consideration. Um, do you think? Seeing no, I pe- don't think at all. Okay, that's good. Uh, do you think seeing people <laughs> that we haven't seen hardly at all, like Mike and Maria, is that a result of a Heyman saying, "Hey, we need to get these guys on TV"? Is that? Do you think well, that- Maria Maria's a a Heyman girl, pretty much. So I mean, that did that didn't surprise me. 
Um, but at the same token, they just signed a new five-year deals, and Maria didn't bother to tell them that, that she was pregnant until after they signed those new contracts. Oopsie. I'd fucking use her on television too before she had to go away. Exactly. Um, Man, a, you have nothing else to do but make babies when you're not on TV. Uh, boy, they cut off Mike Kanellis' balls, though, didn't they? And we call that man a bitch, though. And then he tapped out like instantly to the disarm <laughs> And then uh, Maria, yeah, wow. Talking about Becky impregnating her has a better chance now. Of, uh, yeah, hello. That that put in some uh, some wild pictures in people's heads. Uh, the whole, you know, the whole Nikki Cross thing was getting interesting for me up until the part where she lost to Bailey tonight. Like, I thought maybe she would get inserted into the match eventually or something. And then maybe accidentally win the title. But now, now that she got pinned by Bailey tonight, it's like, uh, this is all for nothing, right? Pretty much. I don't know. And of course, the end of uh, of Raw was great because, uh, well, you can say it was too sweet, right? <laughs> Mark Cho was trying to put it in my head that maybe it was Ricochet that was going to turn heel and 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 sucker AJ, and I'm like, I'm so I'm sitting here waiting, like everybody's standing in the ring. I'm like, okay, all right, all right, what, what's hap- What's going to happen here? Is is Mark Cho going to be right? <laughs> or am I going to He had a 50-50 chance. Good math there, Matt. Good job. <laughs> well, don't make me give you the Steiner math, motherfucker, because that could be arranged. <laughs> that should be taught in schools, by the way, Steiner math. Um, well, if they sign new deals, you know, and maybe it was AJ that said, hey, let's let's see if we can make something out of this, and Maybe I, if I were if I were the two of them, I would drag my feet for as long as humanly possible, yeah. and really see if they're actually going to be serious about doing something with the club. And if they're not, then I'm not resigning. Yeah, I'd be like, "That's great; these new deals look good. I'll sign when I know for sure that you're not going to fuck me." Yeah, or, exactly. I mean, I mean, these are five year deals, dude. I mean. Carl's yeah, like, I hear they're not signing anybody for less at this point. Nope. Carl's like late 30s, right? Yep, 39. And uh, Luke Gallows is probably not young. 35. So not bad, but I mean, both guys are going to be in their 40s after their... Uh, well, Anderson's almost already in his 40s, but I mean, he's got all his abs, so he's okay. He'll probably <laughs> be able to wrestle into his 49 like CD does right now, so... Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, SmackDown, uh, it's kind of funny. I saw I saw an interview where Kevin Owens says he'd really love to see what he could do, how far he could take being a babyface. Uh, well, I think we're going to see, huh? Hopefully so. Kind of odd after the whole turn on the New Day thing, but I guess once you go your separate ways, you, shit happens or whatever, and... It definitely seemed like KO is going babyface here, uh, kind of talking shit to Shane and and what we saw with Dolph. So, but God, are we? Uh, raise your hand if you're getting sick of, of Shane McMahon. 
I'm raising my hand, everybody. I'm seeing like I think I think I see three million people raising their hands. Uh, I like I always love watching Biggie do his uh, uh, his intro on camera. Do that more often, please. We've seen it before, but hey, I always love watching it. Uh, Biggie and Daniel Bryan had a pretty good match there um, as the first match of the evening. So, yeah, like I said, with this whole Nikki Cross thing, do you you think, A, do you think they should have had the match, even? Not if she was going to lose. Yeah, because it just took all the intrigue out of this whole thing. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Joe and Kofi was pretty damn good face-to-face, wasn't it? The middle finger her around the world. What? Well, outside of the middle finger, it was still a good, uh, a, a good, uh, a good uh, promo by both men. I, I loved it. But yeah, that I did not see Kofi dropping the middle finger, though, man. <laughs> that was kind of surprising. Matt's happy to see Mandy Rose, but unfortunately, she lost pretty quickly. So maybe Matt's not so happy. She freaking dominated 98% of the fucking match. Ember Moon got like two fucking moves in in one. It was fucking dumb. Tell us how you really feel, Matt. I was just fucking saying. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Zelina Vega. The freaking match should have ended when Mandy hit that running knee right in her fucking skull. And of course, uh, Shane put KO and Ziggler together in a tag match against Heavy Machinery. Winner gets added to this, the uh, tag match Extreme Rules, which is already uh, with the Planet's Champions and the New Day. And, uh, yep, after uh, Super Kick misses Heavy Machinery and hits KO right in the face, that uh, turned everything around. Heavy Machinery lands the compactor, so they'll be added into the triple threat match. And, uh, and then KO snaps on Dolph Ziggler and uh, face turn complete, don't you say? Yeah, it looks like we're going to get KO and Ziggler at Extreme Rules, and I'm KO's back to being a babyface again. So I'm with it. They should have never turned him heel to begin with. Yeah, well, you said it was like a knee-jerk reaction because they were unsure about Big E's timing of coming back, right? And then all of a sudden he was better? No, it was Daniel Bryan. Oh, Daniel Bryan, okay. Because Daniel Bryan was supposed to work the rematch with Kofi at the pay-per-view after Mania, and they did not have a timeline on when he was going to be cleared to return, and that's why they turned KO. Hmm. I knew it was a knee-jerk reaction, I just couldn't remember what. Good old Vince. I wonder if Heavy Machinery comes out the champions with being triple I would not be surprised. Me neither. And uh, they pin Xavier or Big E, and yeah. And then, fuck, I mean, shit, heavy machinery put on a hell of a match with the Planets Champions. I wouldn't. Well, I guess they got the, the rematches are done, so I forgot about that. That old rule. We'll see if the WWE forgets about that old rule, too. Who knows? I mean, the wildcard rule is kind of. Eh. Only four, only four, only four people, and then there's like. 85 people running down from for the 24-7 title. So. Hmm. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lost of the Midcard. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. Uh, we're going to be already previewing Fight for the Fallen, given our predictions and whatnot. 
So uh, be sure to tune into that. And then uh, the week after that, we'll be uh, talking about what we saw. And uh, shit, it's, it's Extreme Rules is the next night after Fight for the Fallen, isn't it? You're absolutely correct, sir. God damn, we're going to be uh, previewing Extreme Rules, too, next week. So lots to set the table for here next week. But uh, thank you to SpiderDuck.net for being our host, enabling us to be on iTunes and any of your favorite podcasting apps. What you got to do? brother is search for lost in the midcard hit that subscribe button that way you know every time a new episode comes your way typically every wednesday like today or uh you know if we come out with a different day sometimes like we do you'll know when that new episode comes your way you can also subscribe on the youtube the links to all that on our facebook page facebook.com slash lost in the midcard also on the twitter at litmc podcast where we share a lot of the great tweets within the wrestling world daryl is on the twitter at no one like d matt is on the twitter at raw showtime i am on the twitter at jb huskers give us all a follow interact with us as we interact with the shows and such it's always fun to do and uh, before we ride off into that sunset get ready for the fourth of july daryl what are your final thoughts have a happy 4th of July, safe 4th of July, folks, and we'll be back to you next week. Kaboom. Matt, what are your, what are your final thoughts? Fight for the Fallen is AEW's last chance to make a final impression before All Out at the end of August, when no, and no doubt the pay-per-view price will be back in full effect. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to put on a better effort than we got at fighter fest. It needs to be more in line with double or nothing. And they need to give the viewing public a reason why this company is going to be as big as we think it's going to be. No more, no more, um, fuck ups. They can't have another, they can't have another, um, Spears. they can't have another fighter fest. Honestly, oh, to be, the, be the, the biggest way, the biggest thing I can put it. Look, the show was fine. It was, it was a, it was a good show, but compared to Double or Nothing, it, it just they, they didn't compare. So, to me, like Fight for the Fallen needs to be a blow away great show. Um, that really, that's just the long and the short of it. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. It's coming up very soon. Like I said, a week from Saturday, BR Live. If you're in the United States, it's going to be. Uh, Probably the same times, buy-in at 6.30. Buy-in might be an hour long and then probably get a two-and-a-half-hour show after that. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, we got this refreshing news with uh, with Paul Heyman and, and Eric Bischoff. And, you know, and we, we did get, again, I mean, Raw's been decent for a month now and, and SmackDown turned a, a corner this week. So, you know, we're getting good wrestling. So that makes us all happy. So hopefully... Uh, Hopefully it continues, and as Matt said, hopefully Fight for the Fallen gives us a, a, a wow factor that we need going into Chicago at the end of August. For Daryl, for Matt, this is Jeremy. Thank you for tuning in to Lost in the Midcard, and we'll be back at you next week as we preview Fight for the Fallen and Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm.